Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. Sorry for the delay in my recordings. Uh, normally been doing these on Sunday nights, but uh, this past Sunday I was returning from uh, Detroit. I was I was blessed to have the opportunity to go to the Detroit Lions home opener against Seattle. Unfortunate result for my beloved Lions, but they didn't deserve to win with all the turnovers that they had. Uh, <clears throat> but also on that trip, I was able to go to the University of Toledo and visit the Glass Bowl. And what a beautiful stadium that is. Um, if you don't know the history of the Glass Bowl, look it up. Um, I, I could do an entire podcast just off that. Uh, how it uh, served as helping get through the Great Depression. Um, but look it up, please. I, I, again, I don't don't have time to discuss it. it could be a great podcast topic down the road, but uh, <clears throat> just a beautiful, beautiful venue. Um, I, I know I've been to Waldo State. I've been to a five or six Max stadiums now, <clears throat> but I know Waldo Stadium, where Western Michigan plays, and the the Glass Bowl, where Toledo plays, are considered by many to be the top two stadiums in the MAC, and uh, just. <clears throat> an amazing venue. Um, I, in particular, I really love the stonework um, on the one side of the stadium. It has beautiful stonework. Uh, it, it's something you kind of have to see um, just to truly appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> I will post the pictures that I took at that um, when I post um, my this this discussion in this episode here. But just a beautiful, beautiful venue. I was able to see Toledo play San Jose State. Two good quarterbacks at the G5 level being Daquan Finn uh, from Toledo and Chevron Cordero from San Jose State. Toledo ended up winning. Uh, a pick six by Cordero sealed the deal um, for for Toledo to get the victory. And, and I understand San Jose State is one and three now uh, with their three losses being to two Pac-12 powers in USC and Oregon State and then Toledo who's the prohibitive favorite in the MAC. So their three losses are to very good teams. So if I could say one thing to San Jose State fans it would be just take a deep breath. I I think it's going to be all right. They host Air Force this week. It'll be a tough one for them. I mean Air Force is undefeated. One of the best might be the best team in the Mountain West Conference. But with Cordero and uh, the lumps that they've taken, San Jose State's going to be just fine in the Mountain West. They're going to win plenty of games. And I I was very impressed by Cordero. Threw a really nice deep ball. Um, The the, the officiating, I I don't like being one of these people, but the officiating in the game between Toledo and San Jose State was very questionable. Um, I counted at least six defensive PIs that should have been called against Toledo for San Jose State. And then Daquan Finn got hit in the head on one play, and the refs didn't do anything about it. So it, it, it went both ways. It was it was questionable, to say the least. But Toledo is a great venue, great place to play, or a great place to visit, um, great fans. I absolutely loved my experience there. A beautiful place to watch a football game. And uh, I definitely recommend going to the Glass Bowl. Like I said, I will post those pictures of that beautiful brickwork that they have there. Um, <clears throat> very, very passionate fan base. Did a great job supporting their team. 
the student section was amazing the band was great I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed my experience there um, highly recommend going to the glass bowl if you ever have an opportunity to do so <clears throat> one of the best g5 venues out there i'll just say i'll, I'll conclude it with that um, and this week i have the privilege of i will be going to the university of illinois uh, to see them play florida atlantic looking forward to that um, returning to memorial stadium i went i was there twice last year their week zero matchup against wyoming which they won and then i was there when they played michigan state and fell um, in a tough tough game there but uh, excited to go back. Illinois obviously coming off back-to-back -back losses against Kansas. And then this past weekend against Penn State. Um, they got to shore up the quarterback position. Uh, the turnovers that they've had have really hurt them, especially in that Penn State game. Um, but moving forward, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Um, diving into a couple more topics uh, before I get into my Week 3 recap, Week 4 preview. Um, first have to say uh, condolences to the uh, Dartmouth football family uh, uh, their f former head coach Buddy Tevens uh, tragically passed away um, six months ago he was in a tragic accident um, on vacation with his wife um, biking um, in a really really bad accident uh, I forget what country they were in um, but over these past six months he's been trying to get better off of that and unfortunately lost it lost that battle and I I've gotten to connected with a handful of former Dartmouth football players and and just the things that they say about coach Tevens um, just a fantastic human being and uh, eh, I, I know that I know they're all shocked by what's happened here and it, it's 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 sad uh, of course uh, to lose such a uh, tremendous man tremendous coach but somebody that that all these players looked up to and, and I know he had a great impact on everybody that he came in contact so thoughts and prayers with the Dartmouth football family uh, with the Tevens family and everybody involved in this it's a it's a really sad tragic situation um, shifting to a, a bit of a more upbeat topic i guess we could say <clears throat> some interesting things coming out of the pac-12 mountain west uh, potential um, realignment talks when it comes to washington state and oregon state um, just it, it, the thing i heard today is a little interesting um Obviously, Oregon State, Washington State kind of want to preserve the Pac-12 and its name. Um, and it's interesting to, to see the, the, the way that they might go about this. What I, what I read today was a potential 16-team um, conference. So there's the two Pac-12 teams. There's 12 Mountain West teams. And then they would look to add North Dakota State and South Dakota State, who I think everybody believes and, and knows that could – without a doubt make that jump up uh, and the way that the way that i that it was put in the piece that i read was an 18 pac 12 and an 18 mountain west where the bottom two of the pac 12 and the top two of the mountain west would then flip-flop 
um, kind of like, well, I shouldn't say kind of, like what you see in European soccer. Um, just a really interesting concept. I know I know a lot of people have thrown this around for for a long time, like promo- like bumping teams up, putting te- demoting teams. Demoting is a terrible way to word it, but it's an interesting concept to look at it and say, okay, the, in the Pac-12, you got it would be Oregon State, Washington State, whoever they add, Boise State, Fresno State. Let's just say the upper echelon of the Mountain West. Then you'd have the the other teams there. Say North Dakota State, South Dakota State are the top two teams in the in that new Mountain West. They would then be bumped up to the Pac-12. So a re- really interesting idea. Um, I, I I get why these these two conferences or the, the, these two parties would or all the parties involved, I should say, would want to create something interesting. Um, just because you want to do what you can to to gain the interest in in everything that's going on so i I, it's an interesting concept that's for sure do i think that that there's that it's needed i I would probably say no i mean just put the 16 teams in one conference whether the conference's name is the pac-12 or mountain west at the end of the day i don't think it matters because it's not a power conference Unfortunately for Washington State and Oregon State's case, it, it, it would be unfortunately one of those quote unquote group of five, group group of six, however you want to look at it. It would be a group. It would be at that level. It's not going to be. We can see the Power Four conferences that this is turning into. It's unfortunate for those involved. But I just wanted to share that idea that I saw today. Just an interesting concept. I, I don't know if there's any merit to it. I don't know if there's any how true this whole talk is. But just something that I thought was very interesting that I that I read. Um, just because I know it's something we've all discussed for for quite some time. Bump a team, bump teams up, bump teams down, depending on how they finish. Um, it creates that competition, which we all want to see. Which then led to one of the topics that I was asked to discuss: the parity. And is anyone actually elite this season? I th- the parity is fantastic for college football. The fact that we could have four new playoff teams compared to what we've seen in recent years is great for the sport. Uh, I, I, I think we're seeing what the transfer portal and NIL is doing. I think at face value, we thought, oh, the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world would really be able to dominate in Georgia, would be able to just dominate, get all the best players, pay them money, like we all expected. I don't need to go too in-depth in that. I think we all understand it. But what we're seeing instead is these other programs that are very good, that have money, are anting up and now all those best players now georgia alabama i mean clemson doesn't even use the transfer portal we can talk about that with Dabo, that's for sure but those guys that leave clemson i would say <clears throat> you're seeing that these they don't have the georgia's alabama's and the clemson they don't just have all the best players now because these guys are going there they're like oh i'm not playing let me go over to 
the elite Pac-12 schools that we're seeing, or or even some of the some of these other teams that we're seeing have success. Florida State has done a tremendous job with this, but you're seeing these players transfer to other programs, and it's creating great parity because now you don't just have these two, three, four elite teams that have the majority of the talent, and it's great for the sport. Uh, it's kind of like what we see in college basketball now. The parity that you see in college basketball, it, it's it's tremendous. The, the smaller schools that have great senior leadership tend to do well. Well, now we're seeing not all the top talent is going to the same two, three, or four schools. Now it's being spread out, and it's doing great things for these programs. And I think another thing that's really helping this whole process, when it comes to the transfer portal, yes, these G5 schools or some of the quote-unquote lower-level power fives lose some of their talent because they bump up, they, they move up to a quote-unquote better program. But what we're seeing now is these high school players that were being recruited by those top power five programs now aren't being offered as much because the transfer portal players are being picked up before the high school players. So these high school players that might have been going to now granted the elite players are still going to the elite programs but you're seeing these four star three star guys that are very very talented players that before would have been going to say an sec school or a big 10 school are now ending up in say the Sun Belt or the mac or the mountain west so some of these teams have really elevated their talent level like we've seen the Sun Belt the past two years, I think there's, I think it's seven or eight victories against Power Five programs now, and it's because these teams are getting elite, elite talent now that can compete with these Power Five programs, and, and that's what the transfer portal has done for high school talent. That high school talent now is going to the quote unquote lower levels, and that's a terrible way to word it. That's why I'm saying quote unquote, but like <clears throat> these programs are getting better players now. So it's creating that parity in the sport. And you look at you look at the Pac twelve right now. It, it's such a shame that this conference is probably gonna go by the wayside, or I mean it obviously is compared to what it is now. But there's eight ranked teams in the Pac twelve right now. The Pac twelve is tremendous. And I think you can talk about the parity when it comes to that because these Pac-12 teams are now getting some of the elite talent from these other conferences to move over to them. I mean, look look at Michael Penix, a transfer. Bo Nix, a transfer. Caleb Williams, a transfer. Now, different, different reasons why they transferred, obviously, but you still look at it, and those are just three examples. DJ Uyungle another guy coming from a power five program a powerful program over to the pac-12 you see you see these moves and it's creating great parity now and it's great for the sport and to answer the question is anybody elite i think it's a little too early to tell um but that parity has really really done a number on this i i, I I'm going to go out on a limb here. Maybe this isn't going out on a limb, but looking at looking at the teams that we've seen thus far, 
Georgia looks beatable, obviously. Michigan has looked beatable. Those are the two teams coming into the year that everybody was like, oh, they're for sure the top two teams. It's not even close, myself included, myself included. Florida State struggled this week against Boston College. They looked amazing coming into that game. But everybody's going to have games like that. That's that's why you play the games for one, but it's also what makes this sport great. But the I, I watching these games, is it possible the going by the eye test is Washington and USC the two best teams? Go, just going by the eye test. Yes, I understand that USC hasn't played the be, the best of opponents and their defense is a bit questionable and blah 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 but they've looked really really good in those games then you look at washington to me washington has looked like the best team i have them ranked fifth in my rankings but you go by the eye test that team is so good they destroyed a good boise state team they throttled michigan state in east lansing yes i know michigan state isn't the great isn't very good but the way they went about it, those are the type of games that are like trap games in a way. You get cornered animal syndrome with Michigan State with everything that they're going through. And Washington from the jump did not allow that to happen this week. So are there elite teams? It's too early to tell. It is. But is it very well possible that Georgia's elite? Of course it is. Is it very well possible Michigan? Yes. Ohio State, of course. Penn State. Then you look at the teams in the Pac-12. I, I think there's four or five teams in the Pac-12 that could be elite. But I think the parity has has really done a great and, – and I have to add Florida State in there too. That That's a really good football team. And Texas. Texas has looked really good too. So is anyone elite? I think it's too early to tell. But at the same time, the parity that we've seen – is such an amazing thing for this sport that we just we should just enjoy it for what it is. We need to enjoy it for what it is. Um, will anyone finish undefeated? That was another question I got. Um, man, <laughs> that that's a great question <clears throat> because those great teams in the Pac-12 that I've talked about, there's eight ranked teams. If somebody goes undefeated in the Pac-12, they are by far an elite program because of who they would have had to beat to do that. But I don't think anybody goes undefeated in the Pac-12 because it's so good. <clears throat> Georgia obviously can go undefeated, but they've struggled. They struggled against South Carolina this week. Now, granted, in the second half, they looked more like a Georgia football team. So maybe they're waking up a bit. Ohio State woke up a little bit. I still believe that they're – I'll get to what I think is going to happen in week four this week when they play Notre Dame. I'll get to that momentarily. Notre Dame's looked good. <clears throat> but I think the two I, I, I think that there's three teams that I look at that can go undefeated. And I think they're the three that most people would agree with. I can see Georgia going undefeated. I can see Michigan going undefeated. And I can see Florida State going undefeated. Florida State's tough tough one of their tougher tests this, this coming week. They play Clemson at Clemson. We'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. This is one that going to Death Valley. That's a place where they've struggled in the past. Um, <clears throat> but then another team 
this is a G5 team. Fresno State could go undefeated. It's going to be difficult for them, but they could do it. So, so yes, there, there, there are some teams that will, that can definitely go undefeated. I believe there's 39 undefeated teams left still. Is what I counted. I, I, I will say yes. Someone does go undefeated, and, and if it's going to be somebody, I'm going to say it's Georgia, just because of their schedule. And I think they're going to get it together. I think they're going to get things going. And then I think we can all agree that the SEC is not elite this year by any means. So Georgia being the best team can certainly going can go undefeated, especially in the East, especially in the East. So <clears throat> looking now at uh, one of the one of the last topics that I want to dive into before I go into recap and previews. Um, this is a bit of a recap from their game this week, but Alabama, my goodness, they are in trouble. Now I will say Nick Saban uh, just a, couple, a day or two ago announced Jalen Milrow will be the starter moving forward. Jalen Milrow should have been the starter the whole time. He should have been the starter against USF. I, I, I'm sick of the narrative that I've been hearing about Jalen Milrow by so many people. That start he had against Texas, that was his fourth start, okay? And he's being grossly mismanaged, in my personal opinion, as a quarterback. I think they need to take a page out of the Philadelphia Eagles book and watch how they use Jalen Hurts. And that's kind of what they need to do with Jalen Milrow. RPOs, rollouts. Jalen Milrow, in my opinion, can be a more than serviceable quarterback for Alabama. Is he Tua? Is he Mac Jones? Is is he Bryce Young? No, those those guys are a different level. But Jalen Milrow can <clears throat> can win plenty of games at Alabama, plenty of games. And I think it was a complete disservice by that coaching staff for what they did to him. And, and there's been a lot of things swirling around out there about it. Was was he suspended and they just said, oh, he's not starting and blah, blah, blah. And then Coach Saban loved his leadership and all this and that. I don't think Nick Saban's in, in this to, to, to not put out the best players on the field. Now, granted, if he's suspended, he's suspended. Yes. You, you, I mean, you, gotta have, you obviously have standards. But you would think if he was suspended, they would have announced that. If Tommy Reese... The offensive coordinator went in there like, hey, play my guy with Beckner. First off, they did a terrible job when it comes to that hiring process of the offensive coordinator. Nick Saban has done an amazing job hiring coordinators in the past, and the fact that it came down to Tommy Reese tells you how down bad they seem to be right now when it comes to that. In my personal opinion, Nick Saban looks like he's done. And what I mean by that, I don't mean that he's done like he can't coach anymore. He's still the greatest of all time. What I mean by that is he just looks exhausted. And, he, and this might be the end of Nick Saban coaching. Just, just because it, it looks like, I don't want to say it's too much for him because this is the greatest coach of all time. But he just looks exhausted. He looks like he's lost the fire that he had for for coaching 
for the profession, for the team, for the program, for the players. And <clears throat> excuse me. And it's 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 a disservice for him to to not have that fire. And what I mean by that, he's obviously not going to quit. I could just see this being his last year. I really could. And it's unfortunate that it has to that it would have to come to that. But you can just tell that it's it's not clicking, and Alabama's in trouble. They're in trouble. They're gonna they play Ole Miss this week. Man, that's gonna be that's gonna be a difficult game because Ole Miss is pretty darn good, and Alabama's reeling a bit. They really are. So uh, then the last thing I'm gonna talk about before I get into the week three recap, week four preview, my Heisman uh, top five hasn't changed from last week. Number one, Michael Penix Jr., what he's done so far. I mean, he's been absolutely amazing. My goodness. What a fantastic football player he is. Number two, Caleb Williams from USC. Again, just it's kind of weird to think about that the number two guy on my list is flying under the radar. But that's exactly kind of what he's doing. And that's exactly what he needs to do. In USC, I've said this before, I'll say it again, they're doing a great job not promoting him too much um, because that double to win back-to-back Heisman's in my personal opinion, you don't want to promote it too much because then if you have a bad game, you're screwed, basically. You're out of it. Uh, number three, Sudor Sanders at Colorado continues to just be absolutely special. Um, Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. I love what he's doing. He's been absolutely amazing. And then Bo Nix at Oregon, um, rounding out my top five. You, you, you'll see a matchup between Sudor Sanders and Bo, Bo Nix this weekend. So be interesting to see how that goes obviously there's a ton of talk coming out um with coach prime uh just today video being released of them playing oregon's fight song during during their practices and uh, is there anybody better than coach prime than finding ways to to hype up his players i mean what a what a fantastic job he's doing but Let's go and dive into week three recap. An interesting football game Thursday night. Memphis beat Navy. Navy looked pretty darn good in that football game. I thought that they were for sure going to win that game. Jumped out to an early lead. Looked good. Um, So kudos to them. They definitely look a lot better than what we saw in week zero. But Memphis is undefeated. They got a shot in the AAC moving forward. Be interesting to see how things go there. Maryland continues to win. They beat Virginia on Friday night. They look really good. Army wins at UTSA. Great win for them. Army looking like they're going to be a conference member of UTSA in the very near future. So that's a game we could see moving forward. No Frank Harris in that game. But kudos to Army. The offense is looking a lot better. And that looks like a team moving forward that could do some really good things. I know my buddy Omar asked for trajectories for for both teams I, I think it's very apparent that army is is on the way up and I I I, I am not a bowl expert by any means uh, so I'm not going to sit here and say oh this team's going to go there that team's going to go there but UTS day is definitely trending in the wrong direction let's just say that uh, Air Force beats Utah State um, my Yukon Huskies getting defeated by FIU. That'll be on my UConn football chat. Um, uh, Just uh, don't get me started. (laughs) Uh, Michigan defeats Bowling Green. It was ugly, though. Uh, This is a 7-6 game. 
Uh, Michigan wins, though, going away like they should, but was not was way too close. Honestly, McCarthy threw three picks. That's it's it, not what you expect. That's for sure. Florida State beats Boston College only by two. Boston College played really well as the Red Bandana game. They're always going to play up for that game. So it, it, it's one of those games where, like, Boston College could have won that game. They had 18 penalties, though. So, I mean, Florida State needs to needs to get back on track. And one of those tap or uh, trap-type games since they go to Clemson next week. But uh, you got, you got to play every week. And uh, they need to be ready. Penn State, like I already said, they wanted Illinois. Those turnovers by Illinois, it wasn't pretty. LSU destroys Mississippi State. Kudos to them. LSU needs to win out to uh, make the playoff. And they looked the part this week, that's for sure. Missouri with an upset win over Kansas State. SEC record 61-yard field goal in, in that game by uh, Harrison Mevis. Um, <clears throat> like I said, an SEC record. Uh, personal story there, uh, I work for a school district here in central Illinois, and uh, the principal of our high school where I work, his daughter is a freshman at Missouri. Uh, she was a part of storming the field, uh, and one of the interesting stories that he shared with uh, the staff this week is just uh, the experience of that uh, storming the field and how uh, amazing that was and everything. So good for Missouri that's a great win for them could they be the second best team in the SEC East definitely seems possible that's for sure um, Liberty beat Buffalo big Liberty's looking good could they be the best team in Conference USA Western Kentucky lost this week granted to Ohio State good battle ensuing between those two teams moving forward Louisville defeats Indiana but much closer than anybody expected Indiana's defense is pretty darn good held them to no points in the second half uh, Wisconsin beats Georgia Southern big. Davis Brin with a, a five interceptions. Um, looks like Georgia Southern might still have that bugaboo of turnovers. Uh, but still, they're, that's a good team. Uh, Wake Forest wins at Old Dominion. Uh, it was ugly, though. Old Dominion was up 17 to nothing at, uh, <clears throat> at the end of the, at halftime. And they're up 24 to 7. Uh, in the third quarter so kudos to wake forest for coming back but man that shouldn't have been that close ohio a mac team uh defeating iowa state it was a home game in athens ohio for them kudos to them for beating a big 12 team is matt campbell in trouble at iowa state that's something to watch moving forward um notre dame struggled with central michigan but pulled away late did what they were supposed to do like i said georgia struggled with south carolina it was 14 to 3 at halftime. South Carolina was winning, but Georgia wins 24 to 14. They took care of business in the second half. Uh, South Carolina looks like a team that could do some things, though. That they're going to upset somebody in the SEC. You can see it. <clears throat> I already talked about this a little bit, but Alabama only beating South Florida 17 to 3. Kudos to USF. Um, big game this week for them with Rice, but. USF looks like a bowl team. I saw them in person against Western Kentucky. Much improved football team. And I already talked about how Alabama looks like they're in trouble. Oregon State defeats San Diego State. They just keep rolling. I, I'm big on Oregon State. I've ranked in the top 10 in my poll. I've ranked at number 10. That's a really good football team. Oklahoma destroys Tulsa. One thing to look at with this Oklahoma team, they have 
<clears throat> they have a defense now. We, we know Oklahoma can score. We've known that. But they have a defense now. So moving forward in the Big 12, that's a team to watch. The Oklahoma Sooners, now that they have a defense, watch out for them. North Carolina defeats Minnesota. Good win for them. But but again, Drake May with with a, with some turnovers. We, we've seen him having some turnover issues this year. It'll be interesting to see moving forward what he does. Duke defeats Northwestern. Wasn't much of a battle. Iowa scoring 41 points against Western Michigan. Granted, that last touchdown with 30 seconds left, very Bush League. But we understand that Ference has to get his uh, point quota. But still, that's not the time to do it. Rutgers defeats Virginia Tech handily. Uh, Rutgers 3-0. This is a team that Rutgers is going to go bowling. I'm just going to say it. They're going to go bowling. I said it in my previews during uh, during the offseason that they could. But they, I think they definitely will. App State defeats East Carolina. Ohio State finally looks the part against Western Kentucky. I thought that this game would be a lot closer. Ohio State, kudos to them doing what they needed to do. Texas A&M destroys ULM. Cal beats Idaho. Idaho was up, uh, I believe it was, yeah, they were up 17 to nothing in the second quarter and then gave up 31 unanswered points to Cal. So kudos to Cal for coming back in this game because Idaho – might be the best team in the FCS. That is a really, really good football team. They throttled Nevada, and like I said, they were beating Cal 17 to nothing. So kudos to Cal for winning the game, coming back, doing what they were supposed to do. But Idaho, that's a really good FCS team. Really, It's going to be really intriguing to watch them moving forward. Tulane defeats Southern Miss, gets the, gets the bell. Like I said, Washington destroys Michigan State. Washington State, UCLA defeat FCS programs like they were supposed to. Georgia State's 3-0. Interesting game coming up this week with Coastal Carolina. Um, Florida dismantling Tennessee. The game wasn't even really that close. Um, Tennessee's in trouble. That, that That's not a very good football team. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, North Texas wins at Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Nebraska defeats NIU. UNLV beats SEC opponent Vanderbilt. Uh, I think it's safe to say that Vandy's not going to be going bowling this year. Miami, Ohio wins at Cincinnati. Huge win in that rivalry for them. Um, big time, big time win for them in, in that rivalry series. South Alabama destroys Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Uh, I was saying coming into that game that this is a sneaky, sneaky good uh uh, Oklahoma State team, but man, South Alabama destroyed them. So good kudos to South Alabama. Louisiana responds big by winning at UAB the week before they lose at Old Dominion. Uh, big win there for them. Uh, <clears throat> James Madison wins at Troy. Uh, possibly the two best teams in the Sun Belt playing there. James Madison can't go to the conference championship. So kudos to them for a big win there. I, w- I already told you about Toledo, San Jose State. Toledo won 20 to seven, 21 to 17. It was a good football game. Ole Miss defeats Georgia Tech. That's a good, good Ole Miss team. We'll find out this week. BYU wins at Arkansas. Real surprise there. Um, Syracuse wins at Purdue. Garrett Schrader continues to look good. Four rushing touchdowns for him. West Virginia beats Pitt in a terrible football game. That's all we really need to talk about there. Uh, Texas defeats Wyoming. I, I, I know a lot of people are like talking bad about this, how t- 
Texas, it was a 10-10 game at the end of the third quarter, and Texas scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Wyoming's good, guys. Like, I picked them to win the Mountain West. That's a good football team. So you kind of get off Texas back about that. Oregon dismantles Hawaii. Sacramento State wins at Stanford. Um, <clears throat> the the Troy Taylor Bowl. Troy Taylor was the head coach at Sacramento State. Now he's the head coach at Stanford. Sacramento State makes 650K and wins the football game. Uh, TCU wins at Houston handily. Um, Colorado, Colorado State. Um, some interesting things happened during that game. Um, then some interesting things have transpired since that game. Um, just everybody's safety involved in a rivalry. I, I, I've posted some things on Twitter talking about it. You should never have death, death threats to a player. It's a game at the end of the day. And Coach Prime, kudos to him and how they handled that situation. Um, Kansas wins at Nevada. It was close, though. Arizona defeats UTEP. I think UTEP fans are really down in the dumps right now. And then Fresno State goes to Arizona State, wins 29 to nothing. Fresno State is now 3-0 with wins at Purdue and at Arizona State. Granted, two of the lower-level teams in each of their conference. But the remaining schedule for Fresno State, they host Kent State this week. They should win that game handily. Then they host Nevada. They got to go to Wyoming. That's a tough one. I picked Wyoming to win the Mountain West. Go to Utah State, host UNLV, host Boise. That's obviously going to be a tough one. They got to go to San Jose State. That'll be tough. Host New Mexico, and then they go to San Diego State. So they got some tough games in conference play, especially on the road. Going to Wyoming, um, going to San Jose State, going to San Diego State. They get Boise State at home. Going to Utah State is never easy either. But could Fresno State run the table? It's something interesting to watch moving forward. Watch out for the Bulldogs out of the Mountain West. And then previewing week four, there are some amazing games this week. Um, starting Thursday night, we get Georgia State against Coastal Carolina. Georgia State's undefeated. Uh, haven't played the best competition. Uh, Coastal at home. The interesting thing in this series, in the previous six games, the road team has won every game. So an interesting, interesting game there. Darren Granger, the quarterback at Georgia State, he is from Conway, South Carolina. So he's going back home to play. Last time they were there, he won. <clears throat> Grayson McCall did not play in that game. So I'm really, really intrigued to watch this football game. Georgia State has played a lot better than I thought that they would play. Uh, their offense has looked darn near unstoppable in certain, in certain cases. Um, but Grayson McCall and uh, Jared Brown and Sam Pickney, Really, really good offense there at Coastal. I think we're going to see a lot of points scored in that game. And I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Coastal pulls it out. But really good football game. Standalone game Thursday on ESPN. Really happy to see that for as a Coastal Carolina fan, but also a fan of the Sun Belt. Really excited to see that that's a standalone game for that conference and for those programs. I think it's going to be a good football game, though. I, I highly recommend you guys watch that game tomorrow. It's definitely going to be better than the NFL game. That's for darn sure. Friday, we got a four-game slate with some really interesting games. Wisconsin at Purdue, NC State at Virginia, Boise State at San Diego State, and Air Force at San Jose State. <clears throat> I told you guys about Chevron Cordero, seeing him in person. I know San Jose State fans are down about their team, but uh, this is a good opportunity for them. Air Force is good. They're undefeated. But a really good opportunity. Two good Mountain West games there <clears throat> between t uh, four of the top teams there. NC State of Virginia, that's an interesting game because 
Brennan Armstrong <clears throat> returning back to Virginia. Um, but Virginia obviously down, really down this year. Do they win a game this year? I th- it's going to be a question. Then Wisconsin at Purdue um, could get that game could be a little ugly. Uh, how much offense will we see in that game? I think is the question. On Saturday, Duke at, at UConn. Obviously, I'll be paying attention to that, being a UConn fan and supporter. But Duke is really, really good, and Riley Leonard creeping up Heisman. Uh, conversation so Rutgers at Michigan an interesting game that game is on Big Ten Network unfortunately but Rutgers is good Michigan better not be looking past them because this is a good Rutgers team Michigan's favored by 24 I see this game being closer I really do I think Michigan wins but Rutgers is better than what anybody actually thinks and believes Florida State at Clemson big big game here in the ACC obviously Clemson still has an opportunity they've played better the past couple weeks Florida State obviously coming off of a tough game against Boston College, but if Florida State has other aspirations out there. Uh, Oklahoma at Cincinnati, interesting game there. <clears throat> Army at Syracuse, a really interesting game for Northeast football there. I know my friend Omar just had a sorry, a really good podcast discussion about this game, about Army football. And, but Syracuse has looked good. So the, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that game goes. Auburn at Texas A&M. Interesting game there. Big game in the G5 level. Western Kentucky at Troy. Troy is 1-2. They can't afford to lose this game. Uh, Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Another interesting game. Virginia Tech at Marshall. Marshall's undefeated. Virginia Tech has not looked good this year. SMU at TCU. The old rivalry. That'll be fun. Also at NIU, I was actually looking to potentially go to this game, an interesting game there. Um, both teams are 1-2, and two, but we, we've seen NIU look good against Boston College. We've also seen them struggle against Southern Illinois, so it'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Western Michigan at Toledo. Toledo's definitely the, the better team. I've seen them in person. That's a really good football team. Georgia Southern at Ball State. Albeit Georgia Southern going back to the Midwest after playing Wisconsin. But Georgia Southern, I think, could potentially run away with this game. That's a really good team. Colorado at Oregon. Oregon favored by 21. I think that's a bit crazy. Because this Colorado team is good. But, again, this is obviously the toughest test that that they've had this, this season. Yeah, UCLA, Utah, another great Pac-12 game. Ole Miss at Alabama. I think Ole Miss gets this game. I really do. I really think Ole Miss gets it done. Miami at Temple. The game I'll be at this week, FAU at Illinois. FAU just lost Casey Thompson. They're starting quarterback to an ACL tear. I think Illinois gets back on track. Maryland at Michigan State. I think one thing to look at with Michigan State, do they win another game this year? I think it's a real question. Maryland's good, so this is this will be an interesting one. Louisiana Tech at Nebraska, must win for Nebraska. Uh, Boston College at Louisville, BYU at Kansas, Texas Tech at West Virginia. Texas Tech needs to continue to get back on track. New Mexico at UMass. Uh, <clears throat> I expect UMass to win that game. I think New Mexico might be the worst team in the FBS. Uh, Texas A&M Commerce at Old Dominion, Ohio at Bowling Green. Uh, Ohio's looked good so far. Delaware State at Miami, Ohio, Miami, Ohio coming off a big win. Delaware State is 
in a by far inferior opponent. UTSA at Tennessee, it's unfortunate because a healthy Frank Harris could potentially beat this Tennessee team. Oklahoma State at Iowa State, two teams that are reeling, that's for sure. A big game in the AAC on ESPNU, Rice at South Florida. Rice has looked good this year, and South Florida is coming off their best performance, albeit in a loss to Alabama in quite some time. USF is is a good is a good team, improving team. I'm I'm intrigued to see how this game goes. Eastern Michigan at Jacksonville State, interesting game there. Central Michigan at South Alabama. South Alabama seems to be clicking now. Gardner Webb at ECU. ECU is 0-3, but I think they can get on track here. Liberty at FIU, an interesting game here in Conference USA. FIU is coming off. Three, they've won three games in a row now. Liberty's three and zero, so an interesting game here. FIU's already got a win in the conference in conference play, so really interesting game there. Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, the game's on the CW. Arkansas at LSU. Arkansas really bad loss to BYU. Uh, the game that that we're all looking forward to. Oregon State, Washington State. We're all cheering for these teams. I'm really intrigued by this game because. I'm really high on Oregon State. They're 14th in the AP poll this week. I have them at number 10. Really intrigued by that. Charlotte at Florida. Sam Houston at Houston. Sam Houston has a really good defense, guys. Uh, I know they're 0-2. They don't have an offense at all, but their defense is tremendous. Good game at the G5 level. Colorado State at Middle Tennessee. Arizona at Stanford in the Pac-12. Nichols at Tulane. An interesting game. App State at Wyoming. Two good G5 teams there. Southern Miss at Arkansas State. Arkansas State got a win against Stony Brook. It might be the only game they win all year. Nevada at Texas State. Texas State's good, guys. That's a good team. UAB at Georgia. Texas at Baylor. The game, One of the games we're all looking forward to, Ohio State at Notre Dame. I firmly believe Notre Dame wins this football game. Notre Dame's the better football team, in my opinion. I know Ohio State finally looked apart last week against Western Kentucky. But I am really impressed by this Notre Dame team because Sam Hartman have a Heisman moment in this game. It's very well possible. No matter what, this is going to be a good football game. Iowa, Penn State, it's the whiteout. I, I personally think this game could get ugly. Uh, Penn State is by far the better team. Can Iowa score? <laughs> I mean, I, I know that's the running joke, but I'm being serious. Can they score? Akron at Indiana? Can Akron get this win? Could this be one of those patented Big Ten over Mac upsets? Would be interesting to watch. Pay attention to it. Memphis against Missouri. Two 3-0 teams meeting in St. Louis. Memphis is good, guys. But Missouri has proved that they're good, too. So that's an interesting game to watch. Minnesota at Northwestern. Could be some bad football played there. Mississippi State at South Carolina. I've already said South Carolina is going to beat some teams this year. Buffalo, Louisiana. Buffalo's 0-3. Could Mo Linquist be on the hot seat there? Uh, North Carolina at Pitt. Pitt's reeling. Uh, UCF at Kansas State. Kansas State coming off a loss. Um, looking to hand UCF UCF's first conference game there. JMU at Utah State. Could be a shootout between two. Um, JMU has a really good defense, though. So it's interesting to watch there. UNLV at UTEP. UTEP is really going in the wrong direction. Their head coach, uh, Dimmel, could could be in some trouble. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. 
USC at Arizona State, they, that game could get ugly. Cal, Washington, that game could get ugly. Kent State, Fresno State, that game will get ugly. Fresno State's really good, and Kent State is not. And then the final game of the night, New Mexico State at Hawaii. Hawaii's favored in the game. So some really, really good games this week. We got multiple ranked games, but I, w I want you, you need to watch the game tomorrow night, Thursday, Georgia State at Coastal. But to talk about those ranked games again, you got number 19, Colorado, against at number 10, Oregon, number 22, UCLA, at number 11, Utah, number 15, Ole Miss, at number 13, Alabama, number 14, Oregon State, at number 21, Washington State, number 6, Ohio State, at number 9, Notre Dame, and number 24, Iowa, at number 7, Penn State. Some of those are not like the other, but again, it's always fun to see ranked on ranked no matter how early in the slate it is. This is by far the best slate that we've had this season. So really looking forward to some of these football games. Uh, Ohio State-Notre Dame, I personally believe, is going to be the best game of the weekend. I'm looking forward when I come home from the Illinois game that I'll be at. I will turn that game on and uh, be glued to uh, what's happening in that game. I think it's going to be – I think that's going to be a really, really good football game. And like I said – I think Notre Dame wins the game. I think they're the better team. But does Sam Hartman have a Heisman moment in that game? I have him in my Heisman top five. Could he have a moment in this game against a really good Ohio, a good Ohio State team? So something to watch there moving forward. Again, great slate of football games this week. Hope you're able to enjoy them just like I will. Like I said, I have the privilege to go to Illinois. My wife is coming with me. So this will be fun. It's the first time she's come uh, to one of my to one of the games that I'm traveling to. So uh, it'll be a fun experience there. Um, looking forward to that, of course. It'll be great. But then returning home to watch some great football um, later on in, in that that night. So again, thank you guys for always tuning in, listening. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Again, sorry that it's later in the week. I will be returning back on Sunday night. Uh, my scheduled time uh, that I do this, it just past week it just didn't work out. I was I didn't get home till late from Detroit. Um, great experience there, of course. Had a great weekend going to Toledo and then to the Detroit Lions game. And uh, looking forward to uh, to some good football this weekend. Like I said, remember. Tune into that uh, Georgia State Coastal Carolina game uh, tomorrow, Thursday. Great game, standalone on ESPN. But again, thank you guys for listening. As always, it's much appreciated. Please like, subscribe, ever listen to the podcast. Get the podcast Twitter kind of follow at TNT College Foot One X Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Um, please leave a five star rating where you listen on Spotify. It's greatly appreciated. It helps the show, promote the show, and do everything there. Uh, again, thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy your travels. If you're going to a game this weekend, stay safe. Uh, again, have a good week. God bless.